if you're gonna have good fruit you have to have good roots and that's why we're planted in our local church it's they that are planted in the house of the there lord that flourish, flourish. Yep. so i see so many musicians and artists and creatives and they want to get out there and pursue their dream and do their thing and i'm 110 percent for that but if you really want to produce fruit not just to enjoy in this life but fruit that will endure the test of not time but eternity mm -hmm. then we have to be planted in something bigger than us and that's the local church welcome to the relational leader podcast where relationships and ministry meet Welcome to the newest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and as always, sitting around the table here with Randy at 12 Conference. In the middle of our youth conference yes. right now. Yes. And it's wild. You it can is. probably hear it in my voice. No, not at all. <laughs> I've been screaming and yelling and worshiping with all that and I have. And playing pickleball. And playing pickleball <laughs> early in the morning till late at night after yeah. conference. It's full on right it now. It is. It's amazing, though, to see 22, 2,500 middle and high school students yep. going after God with everything mm -hmm. in them. Yep. And uh, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible thing. It is. We're and we're just, of. we're tired of having to tell people no. So uh, at the time of this podcast, it will be public information. It sure will. But we're going to the USF campus in Tampa. Yes. We're going to be at the Yingling Arena there. Next year, 2024. Next year. And what's so cool for students is to see them on fire for God, mm. worshiping, speaking on things that they need to hear identity and mm -hmm. purpose and holy spirit and who god has called you to be all of that's going to be great people like torn wells and and chad beach and tim summers and Noah. i mean the, the charlotte gamble i mean it's people speaking into them and then we are after party for the conference in 2024 what's it gonna i know what it's gonna be it's they a don't private know. party at bush gardens for all the 12 conference yeah. attendees that's next level it's next level when yeah. my son hears this he is it's literally gonna, gonna scream his face so, off you don't so. want to miss it next year we made room for you we'll it, see you there it is it's gonna be so good uh so good and it always is um so it's the impact that's made i cry the whole it's, time like i i'm i don't even want to talk about what god is doing in the conference right now because right. i can't i can't handle i get overwhelmed yeah but to see the next generation gives you hope i know mm -hmm. america's in a good spot when i see kids hands fully raised crying weeping giving god their yes Woo! i'm ready to go man play, play some more pickleball let's, let's go <laughs> pickleball go oh it, it is it's incredible and so if you're hearing about 12 conference for the first time you can get uh, more information on all that at 12conference.com um so be sure to check it out but what i also love about recording podcasts at 12 conferences we have all kinds of guests that we get to join around the table with us and we've got a very special guest with us mm -hmm. today for today's conversation uh torn wells is What's in the up? studio Whoa. i'm so glad y'all said the name of the conference is 12 because i was looking at those roman numerals like <laughs> One, two, three. no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm, I'm pumped about this conversation. I love to hear your heart for the next generation. It's amazing to hear senior leaders in that and your role with your, the weight of your role, talking about how important the next generation is. It's, it's incredible. Listen, when it comes to the next generation, you think about it, I, I, my viewpoint of it is it, it, we're all running a relay race. And teams that win relay races are not the fastest teams. Mm -hmm. It's those that handle the transition zone the best. Mm. 
And with the next generation, we have a small transition zone where we have to take the baton and hand it off to them. Yes. And if you do it too early, you're disqualified. If you do it too late, you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. We have a window, mm-hmm. and we have to be really good at it. And all we're trying to do is set up transition zones to pass the anointing and the empowerment of God and the theology of God and the Word of God and the love of God to the next generation. That's so good. Yeah. I love it. So anyway, that's a that's a whole nother topic. That's yes. a whole nother topic. Not the topic for today, but <laughs> always an important topic. Yeah. And uh, so, Torn, we appreciate you being here with us. Um, I, I've, you really need no introduction to our listeners, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly if you, you do, are. then just shut so the podcast off. not do that. <laughs> you ain't cool um, enough to be on. But, uh, you know, well, we're sitting down prepping for this conversation and thinking there are so, so many different things we could focus on. Um, but what we'd love to hone in today and really learn from you is this journey that you've been on because you, you know, kind of recording artist and now soon to be church planner in Whoa. next year, 2024. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's some kind of journey. He yeah. must have um, had a moment with like, God. Lord not, Jesus. I think yes. you're crazy. Help. Help. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so we'd love to kind of, let's kick off the conversation and start there um, with really, tell us a little bit about how did that journey even start where you began to kind of let go of something that you've been super familiar with for quite a while and make your way into something that is totally unknown. Totally new. Share a little bit with us. Yeah, so I've got to go back actually to where Jesus found me, and Mm -hmm. that was... Uh, nine years old uh, my parents had been separated and divorced and my dad decided that he was going to change the trajectory of our entire life when he came home one Saturday and said we're going to church tomorrow Hmm. and I was like church what we're going to church like (laughs) you go ahead we we didn't yeah we didn't go to church I'd been a couple times in my life at that point but uh, we went to the J.C. Penny. You know what I'm saying? Got I'm a little suit new suit. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a little navy blue jacket with the gold buttons. <laughs> I and, remember uh, those. Oh, Penny yeah. loafers. You had some loafers? I had my suede loafers with the rust red bottoms. Nice. Oh, man. I was different. I was ready to go to church. So we went, and, man, I felt something walking into that little 70-person church you know that just captured my heart the presence of god found me there i felt like a stability things that i i didn't have language for then Mm. but just resonated with me a stability a consistency a sense of belonging there uh that summer i went to church camp and god filled me with his spirit at camp and I got my first choir solo at camp, mm-hmm. and so a it was camp that. Is good. It, it's the best, and it's not like how camp is now, where you know you get a frappuccino and then you schedule <laughs> your go kart tour, and then you know you go get a massage before Bible study. It was different. It was like basketball anointing oil and sweat, yeah. right? You know, and then you would have some church, uh, but just amazing. And it was the first time that I felt my soul aligned with the gift in service of the giver for mm-hmm. the ministry of the church. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was really what captured my heart was I get to have a space and a place where I get to love God and be me. Mm-hmm. 
And that is something that I think is so valuable uh, in the local churches that we actually give people space for their gifts to be discovered, developed, and distributed. Mm-hmm. And that was my story from that point forward, 16, leading worship in the youth ministry. My youth pastor was like, hey, if you're going to lead worship, you need to know how to play an instrument. So I had some keyboards and stuff at home because my dad was a musician, and I started learning to play. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't learn the songs fast enough for the services, so I started writing my own songs because people don't know if you're messing up your own song. That's genius. So I started writing and making the kids in the youth group sing it, which was torture for them. Right. Uh, But I thought it was so cool. So that's where the songwriting thing came into play. But what was so dope to me was I was able to bring my friends from high school to my church basement Mm. youth group. Mm. And it was like a vibe. They loved it. And it was something that communicated to them on their level and i got to see god go to work on my high school friends and that was what i really fell in love with it wasn't music songs it was the ministry Mm. that you were able to do through the church Mm -hmm. so i went to bible college and majored in theology minored in music got into a singing group toured around and we would have six singers and a band and we would lead worship at all these churches and events and i loved that i wrote songs at the college and they got recorded and i got to hear my songs for the first time like actually mixed and mastered and distributed so i loved that but more than that i just loved the church ministry so i started a band in college and we ended up moving to st louis and we were in this little suburb of st louis called granite city and we were on staff at the church doing youth ministry and then we would go out as our band and and Mm -hmm. play shows and stuff so from that point on i got on a tour we got signed and stuff i got on a tour with casting crowns Mm -hmm. and mark hall and the whole casting crowns band were on staff at their local church now at the time Mm -hmm. casting crowns was the biggest artist in christian music and actually has hits comparable to the size of like a bruno mars to this day like they're a huge band all on staff Mm. at their local church touring based on when they needed to be at church mark was a youth pastor at the church led worship at the church i didn't know any of that yes yes and they're about to i just sang for their 20-year anniversary album They've been on staff this whole time. And so we would go do, you know, their services in McDonough, you know, Georgia. And they would be in discipleship groups, knees to knees with kids in their youth group after they just got off of a stage in front of 15,000 people. And I'm like, I want to do that. Mm. Wow. You know, I don't. Mark talked one time in a tour church thing and he's like if you're gonna have good fruit you have to have good roots and that's why we're planted in our local church it's they that are planted in the house of the lord that flourish Flourish. so i see so many musicians and artists and creatives and they want to get out there and pursue their dream and do their thing and i'm 110 percent for that but if you really want to produce fruit not just to enjoy in this life but 
fruit that will endure the test of not time but eternity Mm -hmm. then we have to be planted in something bigger than us and that's the local church so i say all that to say okay well okay (laughs) i do not want you to finish i I mean i want you to finish Uh what you're saying yeah but can i pause yeah Yeah, we're like giving each other eyes yeah yeah sorry yeah right okay so you just spoke to the creative the musician the worship leader that person okay let me flip it over here to this seat mm-hmm. i'm the pastor of a church mm-hmm. and i have worship leaders mm-hmm. creative people yeah in 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 the church that i'm leading and they're on staff mm-hmm. or volunteer you know mm-hmm. whatever it is how do we pastor and steward that gift in such a way that makes them want to be a part and planted in the house mm-hmm. of god rather than i don't know manipulation is too strong yeah. of a word but but mis misusing those gifts where mm-hmm. they feel like they can't be planted in the house of God. Right. Help us out for a minute. Well, I would just say it goes the value flow must move both directions. So people gravitate toward the spaces they are most loved. Not most used, not most celebrated, mm-hmm. but actually most loved. That's you know who so, I want to get so around? Powerful. I want to get around people who I know love me. That's so good. I'll do anything to get to a pastor who will call me and, how's your wife? How's her health? How are your kids? How can I pray for you? Uh That makes me feel loved. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be there for you, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And I think that having that sense of love, like I have just been so fortunate. I know this is not everyone's story. But I feel like I've had pastors in my life who have loved me like their own kids. <clears throat> and it's like I've I've talked to, you know, I was on staff at Lakewood for five years. And Pastor Joel, when I would bring him an opportunity I was presented with that would take me away from serving in his church, he would say, you know what, I'm thinking about this as if you were my own son and what I would want for you. Mm. That is a different perspective. Completely. Wow. And I. I think it's easy to kind of hide whether we have a servant perspective or a son perspective of the people that we lead Mm -hmm. and whether Mm -hmm. or not they live in the identity that best actually serves our vision is determined by how we see them. Well, we all want Mm -hmm. sons, but you have to be a father to have a son. Mm -hmm. Talk right so good and that's what yes. you mean and you, when you say i a place that i feel loved what does that mean cared for mm-hmm. valued mm-hmm. like i am a son mm-hmm. or a daughter mm-hmm. of yours and at least of this house and we should treat yes. daughters and sons of the house just like they're daughters and sons of your own family yes and i think there's a freedom that comes with that obviously there's a responsibility when we're talking about being on staff and leading and, and all of that but I've been with open-handed leaders. I worked for my father-in-law for eight years, and I never felt like he felt like my calling outside of the local church was in competition with what he wanted me to do within his church, mm-hmm. that they complemented each other, mm-hmm. that there was a lot of value that I could bring by getting out and being a part of other spaces and places and bring that experience and exposure back into the house. Right. 
and not being guilt trip. Well, you know, I've been out a lot. Well, you know, I hear stories of my friends. And yeah. It's like, well, you know, I've been counting weekends and all of that. I mean, the data is pretty clear that even the PTO and all of that, how things are shifting in this generation, the more PTO you give people for free, the less they use it. Yeah, it's true. There's a sense of inherent trust that is given when you say, I'm, I'm here to support you. And here are my main priorities. Mm-hmm. I know a pastor, Joel, these are his priorities. I don't have to ask you mind if I'm out this weekend, I know which weekends are the priorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think when I have clear expectations that are given to me, clear priorities, and then I have the liberty to go out and be the full expression who God has of who mm-hmm. God has called me to be, mm-hmm. then it just makes me that much more bought into the leader and the leader's vision. So how does a church manage this with creatives and worship leaders like yourself where you're on the road, you're doing your thing, whatever the Lord has gifted you, and the doors that he's opened. All right, and then you need a place to be refilled because you're doing ministry when you're mm-hmm. out there. So a lot of times, like, oh, the church is the place where I, I get my nourishment and my refreshing to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. But yet, if that is the case, then how do you use your gift in your church if it's the place that you also want to receive? How do you manage yeah. that tension? For me personally, I know a lot of th- different things work for different people, but... There's a different refreshment that comes from serving in my church versus being out in other people's churches. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a supernatural flow. I don't know if it's divine connection. I don't know what that is. But I know that being present in the house for my community is just different than being out on the road serving Mm -hmm. in in Mm -hmm. somebody else's thing. And then on the other side of that, it's the the pastor or the care pastor or whoever that designated person is connecting with me on a one-on-one level is where I get my rejuvenation from. Mm -hmm. It's not from sitting in a big service, right? I love big services. It's great. I'm going to be there plugged in and all of that. It's the phone call. Torin, how are you? Mm -hmm. What I've done in situations like that is I've asked those people how, okay, you don't fit the the normal mold mold and and, uh, that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, because your lifestyle, you travel and you're gone more, so you can't you can't go through growth track like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't be in this group all the time because you're in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. What can I do? How can I pastor you mm-hmm. to help you get the nourishment and the care that you need? And so sometimes you might have to create a hybrid approach on how you pastor and care for people like Yes, you. absolutely. I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. I think just like you handle a legacy team or different mm-hmm. people, you just handle them differently. And that's a mm-hmm. part of pastoring is knowing the sheep, knowing tendencies, knowing flows, and, and trying to plug in where you can add the most value. Mm-hmm. And I think it creates a reciprocity that is serves you both so well. Right. Man, that's beautiful. Now, we got to figure out how to get this right. Because this is it's where important. the church and the worship and the presence and the anointing of God, when you take people like yourself who are gifted in that so much and can marry that with the church Mm -hmm. and it doesn't compromise the church Mm -hmm. or your exact calling Mm -hmm. that functions outside the church as much as it does inside when we figure that out the synergy the forward motion of the church the presence of god yeah man i'll say it too about pastor joel Mm -hmm. i was out you know did a tour came home spoke all of that was up next weekend to do something 
and he called me he was like hey why don't you take next weekend off you know i know you've been working pastor i'm, I'm good I'll, I'll do it no why don't you take a breather be there you know and i think him just having mm. a sensitivity wow and the only way he could know that is if he knows my life and he knows my schedule it's very true yeah so it's not going to happen and it takes effort both ways if i'm constantly just waiting for him to check in on me well, he hadn't checked in on me you know pouty right <laughs> you know he right. ain't checking in on me i think there's an, an important an important aspect of it is the whoever you know sitting in my seat reaching out and saying hey i'm here this weekend mm -hmm. putting yourself in a place of accountability mm -hmm. it only serves you well as as you go out so powerful so so helpful so good such a rich tangent yeah <laughs> so good i think that's what this whole thing was about right here i mean it's, it's it really is so helpful trust me sitting in the seat you're getting ready to see it from a new pov yes you know mm -hmm. as you start the church right because god's going to bring you some torn wells yes and mm -hmm. i feel like we already have some on our team and i'm so thankful for the gift of the experience that i've had sitting in the seat that i've been in because coming in i'm like have a side hustle have something else that You're you encouraging do yes fostering it. i don't want to be your only thing mm. like god is big enough to take care of this so when when i have wow. you i want your absolute best but go do other things go lead worship other places design for other people do video work for other people it's going to create so much more experience it's going to bring a sense of vitality to that individual sure. that they're not feeling stuck in a rut going through the motions every day and i know that that's this is very different yeah it is man I'm, it's, I'm just mm -hmm. gonna speak to it it is hard to find the divine flow mm -hmm with the worship leaders who feel like they have something outside and also, well, no, I'm, I want to build the house of God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes to, there's a, there's a dance that happens mm -hmm. and, and I don't like to use that term because I'm not trying to do that with them, but I'm trying to understand, do they really value the house? Are they using the house? Mm -hmm. to, and so it's hard to navigate all of that. And I think you just have to be open and upfront and honest but uh it's just a hard it's a hard walk it is to navigate yep i think and we can move on from this but i think that if if the creative because i don't just want to limit it to worship leaders but if the creative is coming into a place where they feel loved and appreciated and released in a sense to be planted but to reach mm -hmm. you know like there's a beauty in knowing i'm planted but i still get to reach mm. and extend myself beyond this that you will get people's best stuff and then i think on the flip side that you have to be willing to have the hard conversation of everything you think about is outside of here so i'm going to release you to just go outside of this and, mm -hmm. and you go do your thing and like you said just finding that delicate balance of you're going to be loved here supported here celebrated here we want you to reach all of that pour in but you know we got to feel like 
you love this. Yeah. And that's what I've tried to carry into it. I've loved the places that I've been, who I've been able to work for, and I hope that I'll get to reap a little bit of what I feel like I've sown. You will. Mm -hmm. You always reap what you sow. And sowing all that into all these pastors and leaders who are listening, you'll reap that too. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Absolutely. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that and being willing to kind of divert and dive yeah, into yeah, that. That's, yeah. that's, that's helpful for us. It's that's rich conversation. For, yeah. for those, um, those that are listening. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources, go to therelatenetwork.com.